This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Raw Reaction series. A little bit of a different style of episode. Usually I would do these instead of the 8am show, but because of all the chaotic transfer news that's going on in the world, I thought I'd split this up into two shows and do the usual transfer show and then dedicate an extra hour to yesterday's 3-1 win over West Ham. But not doing it alone today. We're turning this into this a bit of a podcast today, which is great. Uh, I'm joined by three fantastic guests, which I'll introduce to you now. First of all, it's one half of the Arsenal Lounge. How are you doing, Lev? You good, Joel? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, it could be suffering after uh, the, the Christmas shenanigans, but we're not. We're still smiling. So I'm happy to be here, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's a nice place to be in. Uh, winning at home, which no other team managed in the Premier League yesterday. Uh, the only team to manage to win a home win, which is quite an impressive statistic considering some of the games that were on yesterday. But uh, we will take it. We're also joined by Don Robbie's Brazilian correspondent, Pablo. How are you doing, Pablo? You all right? <laughs> oh, wow, what an intro. Hey, Tom, you all right? <laughs> well, you're the one that did the watch along. <laughs> I, I know. Fancy us losing on the one that I did. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I did. The, um... When you... When you you told me you did it and then you told me which game it was so i was like oh i can't believe that you're yeah, the worst was have an expression absolutely ruined me because obviously Ooh. i don't sound very brazilian at all <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, going, i am i swear i am brazilian yeah. I, swear. <laughs> I was gonna get my passport out and everything but um yeah no i'm very much like lev well merry christmas to everyone first of all and um yeah very much like lev just smiling happy and glad that we came straight back to where we belong top of the league Absolutely. It's nice to be talking about that. I, I still have to kind of pinch myself, uh, you know, when we're saying things in, in December, moving into January about being this far ahead at the top of the table. But uh, it's it's nice and it's certainly positive and optimistic as well. Uh, finally making up our, our quartet today, TGT regular podcaster, Raf. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Uh, yeah, again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to everyone as well. Um, yeah, feeling good. At loads. Relax. <laughs> what was the Christmas dinner consisting of for you, Raph? Humble uh, pie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> humble pie. They do. They do. They do humble pie is what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, mate, I had loads. I had 
I had what chicken, duck, oxtail, lamb, <sighs> rice and peas, macaroni and cheese. The works, wow. the works. I'm That's very fine. fortunate. Carbs very Central, fortunate. Carb Central, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's yeah, go in reverse order. Too. Pablo, tell us about yours. What did what, what so did you have a Brazilian esque Christmas dinner? Or was well, it North we got London? a little bit. We got a little <laughs> bit of a mixture. <laughs> yeah, nah. it was a um, little bit of a mixture, really, because uh, my partner's from Slovakia, my brother's missus from Jamaica, and obviously we're Brazilian and Spanish, mm. so we try combining everything. And I think we had every meat available, apart from turkey. Funny enough, <laughs> and we had exactly the same as Raf as well. Just had um, mac and cheese. Um, oh, just so much, so much stuff. What's this Fried mac and cheese? I've never heard this mac and cheese thing on Christmas Day. Oh, I oh. must be so culturally like inept. I've just not, never, never heard of mac and cheese on Christmas Day. That's uh, that is a first for me. Yeah. Lev, tell us. Oh, uh, what what mac and cheese is like? No, no, no. I know what I know what it is. <laughs> all, right, all right, I'm just asking. Just ask. Um, well, look, I'm a Cypriot, right? So, uh, from the Turkish side, but my children are half Greek, half Turkish. So, Christmas has always been a thing. But then, obviously, like these guys, you get a mix, uh, a mix mash of stuff, right? So you get your traditional turkey, but then your uncle don't like turkey, so then he does his own chicken, and then you got potato, then you got rice, then you got. It's, I don't know what it, it's just everything. So it was a lot of carbs and a lot of bread as well. They have bread with everything, these Turks, for some reason. So I'm just, uh, I'm fasting at the moment, trying to, to break it all back down. But yeah, man, it's been great. Yeah. And also, mate, while we're at it, congratulations to you as well. Oh, thanks, mate. Because uh, you've landed, what's it, full-time post now with Football London? Yeah, permanently uh, writing and covering Arsenal. Have they been reading so. your stuff? I've only no, no. <laughs> on not. a serious <laughs> note, on a serious note, bro, like on a serious note, you know I only jest with you, but you you deserve it. You've put in a lot of graft. You've put in a lot of hours. 8 a.m. I'm still walking the dog and like, you know, waking up. You're there doing it. I don't actually find myself listening to you in the mornings now. I can actually tolerate it, mate. So wow. you deserve I it. I must bro. be doing something right. You are. You're doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate yeah. that, mate. Um yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 been a crazy couple of years since quitting teaching, but uh, yeah, it's crazy, you know. I bet you I really miss that, Tom. Oh yeah, every day, every every single day. Yeah, the time off <laughs> more than anything. But no, it's uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. If people want to know more, obviously, I did a show uh, yesterday talking about it. It's the uh, the second to last upload on the channel before this one. So go and give it a listen and find out some more. It's a nice compilation which features, of course, Lev in it. So uh, yeah, you can you can see his happy little. Didn't ask me. Didn't ask me for my rights or anything. I, no, just... I didn't ask anyone. The the only I person I asked uh, never replied, so I didn't. Them. <laughs> anyway um thank you ever so much everybody that's tuning in do drop a like on the video do subscribe to the channel if you're new uh raf i'm gonna start with you mate 3-1 win over west ham give us your raw reactions um i think i think overall a very good performance um i was um i think the first half we took a little i think we we were dominant and i and i, and I think the goal was definitely against the run of play but i think we needed to just get a little bit of rhythm back. I think. I think that. I think the, there was a little bit of rhythm missing in regards to the potency of how we normally attack. I mean, we, we're normally quite crisp. It's quite fluid, and we create quite a lot of chances. And I felt like, even though we had a lot of possession, and we never really looked like we were in that much danger at times, I think mm. that we didn't have that cutting edge where we. I felt like we created actual like guilt edge chances, if that makes sense. Apart from the goal that was disallowed. Can't in the first half. I can't think of many actual like chances that I could say were tangible. Yeah. 
I think in the second half, we, we got going a lot more. It's probably the kick out the backside we needed. And um, we just really just clicked into gears. I, I was happy that um, Eddie scored in, in particular. I, I'm sure we'll go into it in a bit more detail. But I was happy for him more in the sense of, I think his general play was was pretty good in the first half. I think second half, he started chasing it a little bit before he scored and just snatching at things a little bit. But I, I was happy for him to score. And I think he just sets a bit of things at ease. Obviously, there was a lot of talk around him and Gabriel Jesus. So that was the main thing. Obviously, there were some standout performances like Erdegaard as well. But I, I felt overall we were dominant. I felt like we, we responded well from the setback of the goal. And yeah, I think I think the most important thing was just the three points. So I think we to get a good performance as well was, was positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the performance is always going to be key. You know, I think there was a lot of reading into the the friendlies um, and going into this game. And after we lost to Juve and then obviously drew that behind closed door friendly against Luton, that's never going to inspire confidence. You know, I remember speaking to Lee Judges the other day and he was saying about on a Christmas special, saying how how nervous he was. Um, and I don't think it was needless nervousness at all, you know, because, it, you know, we needed to make sure we, we picked up the points. But it was still always going to be after the summer's preseason games. We won all of them and went into the season so strongly off the back of that momentum that we needed to make sure that we we picked up the right kind of result yesterday. Uh, Pablo, your all reactions, my friend, to yesterday's win. Oh, well, to be honest with you, um, I kind of was a little bit... I think I, was, I wasn't just worried about Eddie. I was worried about the likes of Martinelli as well. Um, he must have confidence-wise uh, confidence took a bit of a knock, uh, not getting many minutes for Brazil and stuff like that. Um, obviously, Ben White as well with the issue that he had in the World Cup. Um, Ramsdale, for me, should have been England's number one and wasn't. So there's a lot of um, of that going on in the background. Plus, on top as well, losing Jesus um, and all the pressure on Eddie. Can he perform? Can, he, can Arsenal score? Um, one of the things I've learned during Arteta's time is the fact that you've got to trust him. Yeah, even on the friendlies when we're drawing like to Luton or whatever and losing to Juventus, it's, it's all part of a piece of like it's almost like a puzzle that he's building. Yeah, and at the beginning, even at the beginning, like say two seasons ago when we're finishing eighth and stuff like that, I was one of the ones that was actually saying, Let's give him time because he's building something. And I believe that was the same case mm. for the pre seasons. It's like we're getting the players back. Yeah, some of the results went our way when we was in Dubai, but after that, didn't quite go according to plan. But you could still see the development and the style of football that he was trying to sort of get the players back into and get that match sharpness. Um, so I was quietly confident. I did predict 3-1 as well <laughs> before the game started. Um, and when we was 1-0 down at half-time, I mean, I, obviously I was at the game yesterday, and you can see a lot of people, there's a lot of frustration but at the same time, there was a sort of air of confidence to say, ah, we've got 45 minutes, we'll do them. And that's, that was literally the yeah. vibe across everywhere. And um, funny enough, I took one of my friends that's a Charlton fan with me. Oh, you've got oh, a suffering <laughs> Charlton fan in your life as well. <laughs> yeah, I do. And he um, he used to be an Arsenal fan as a kid because his dad was a mad Arsenal fan. And then he started going to Charlton and switched to Charlton. But anyway, um, so he came and he was used to going to Highbury and early days of the Emirates. And he even turned around and said, he was like, the atmosphere, the togetherness. And when we went a goal down, I think that was the loudest the stadium was at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And getting all the players back up again. And th uh, there's like an air of arrogance about us, which I love. 
at the moment. And I'm not scared of anyone. So when we was 1-0 down, I was pretty confident we was going to come back and win it. Yeah, I, I spoke about this last night on the Arsenal way with Umar and, and Alfie. And they, Alfie said, like, you know, when, when we were one nil down, that it just didn't, it didn't even feel like we conceded in a way because the, the, the air of confidence that we would come back and win the game was was just, it didn't, you know, diminish at all from where we started. There's just an inevitability about us at the moment, it feels like, that we're always going to come out and turn things around. And, you know, I love the, I love the point you made there about kind of the reaction in, in, the, in the ground. You know, I think that's something that's really changed under Arteta is how we react in bad moments. I remember Saliba's own goal earlier on in the season. Um, I remember the... Uh, who was it against? Was it Fulham? No, it was Crystal. Was it Crystal? No, who was it against in the first half of the season? Saliba scored that own goal. Do we remember? It was really early on, so I'm not surprised. I'm struggling to, to it, remember. Uh, it, hold on. No, it was, was it Fulham? nearly did. It was. was it Fulham no, it, it was a home was it Leicester? game. Yeah, no, Leicester. It was nearly Leicester in the 4 2. No, it might have been. Yeah, 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 I think, I think you're thinking about the one when Ramsdale yeah, comes out, aren't you? Really? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was Leicester. And I mean, he scored that own goal. The reaction to an own goal, yeah, the chat box saying Leicester. Yeah. Um, the reaction to that own goal was was a mirror kind of sound of of what we heard yesterday when we conceded that penalty, because it almost felt like it, it was a bit of like how how dare you come here and score like first like how dare you ruin this party, and obviously in the second half we came out and and, and played really well. Lev, uh, your raw reactions to yesterday's result. Do you know what I was a, like Pablo and 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 Rafa uh, as well. I, I was a little bit worried. Um, because we still suffer a little bit from PTSD as Arsenal fans, don't we? We're still waiting mm. for that moment where every little test there is, you're waiting for it to come apart and fall apart at the seams. But just like Pablo said, I'm starting to actually trust Arteta quite a bit because there were things I was expecting from that first half. We were a little bit rusty, um, not so decisive in the final third. Um, the goal itself that we conceded against runner play, it was a typical error of someone that hasn't played for a few weeks because I think Saliba a few weeks down the line attacks that ball that um, I think is uh, uh, the striker. What was it? Uh, Alphonse. What's the guy's name? Guy who plays at the top. Um, how have we all gone blank? Come Antonio. on. He plays, like, this, is, this is awful. Antonio, Antonio, yeah. Yeah. Antonio, Antonio, yes. how, how did I forget? How, how did you forget? I, I thought I was bad, but there you go. Uh, I'm on Antonio, annual leave. I have yeah. no reason to know anything. <laughs> I've just spent the weekend with my family's kids. So that's my excuse. But anyway, um, Antonio, he gets that ball. Usually Saliba yeah. attacks that ball. He hesitates for a second. Antonio gets the ball and then tries to make amends. Uh, Saliba tries to make amends and lunges, right? That... You know, a lot of people said that was a soft pen, but if that was us, we would want that as a penalty. Oh, a so penalty. it is a penalty in today's yeah. world, let's be honest, right? But that sort of thing there is typical of someone who's rusty. But other than that, um, I didn't I tweeted at half time, I still think we're gonna win this game, and that's unusual for me, right? And we did. We we mm. came out, we dominated, Odegaard was immense. Right, I wish Shaheen was here. Odegaard was oh, so do I. <laughs> oh, I mean, even the ball into Eddie's th the third goal with Eddie. If you look at that deft touch by Odegaard, that ball, the, the weight on it is perfect. Mm -hmm. he, it absolutely orchestrated that game. Um, I think Ben White is an unsung hero at the moment. I think he's unbelievably good at the moment, Ben White. I, I think it goes under the radar. So, yeah, it was a great performance. It was nice that, you know, others had sort of faltered this weekend and we've just we've just hit the ground running, I say weekend, Monday. Um, and it's looking good. Um, I know there's people on here who want to jump on me for Eddie. 
I want him to prove me wrong. You know, Xhaka's done it. I turned around and said, look, Xhaka, it turned out we were playing him in the wrong position. You know, he's not a DM. And look at Xhaka this season. Eddie, done well yesterday. Jewelry's still out. But I'm glad he got the goal. And I'm glad we're, we've got three points. On. We've got a hard, what, seven games coming. And four or five of those have got top tier teams in there. So still all to play for. But we, we're in a good place right now. Raf, did you want to jump in? I felt like you unmuted yourself to to jump in. No, 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 no. Go, go on with it. Okay, no, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe we. Penalty, and I thought you were going to say because I know that in the CGT oh. WhatsApp last night there was a discussion around whether or whether or not it was quite split in there whether we I, felt it. I thought it was blatant. To I be think, honest, I think it's. I think in it's a penalty if it's us. So sometimes you have to take <laughs> the objective about it. If if it was the other way and they didn't give it, I would be fuming. I I think it yeah. was soft in a way, and I think that when you slow it down, obviously, the, the contact looks a lot worse, and he looked like he only went down in a way because he knew he weren't going to get to the chance, yeah. but I think, to be honest, it was created much before the actual contact, in my opinion, in regards to how we defended, and I think Saliba kind of realised almost and tried to kind of back out a little bit, but it was just too late, so I just mm. think, I think nine times out of ten, that's going to get given, to be honest, so yeah, I don't have much complaints from the penalty. Maybe because yeah. we won, it doesn't matter as much as football. Yeah, I, think that, I yeah. guess if we would have lost one nil, it would have been a very different scenario for some. But I still, I said at the time, you know, I'd said it in the chat in the WhatsApp. I said that for me, like slowing it down always makes it look worse, but it also does is removes the the element of how that impinges on someone running at full tilt when they get their foot clipped. Like it does knock you off balance, and you can sometimes take an extra stride before you go down. And I think Bowen was quite honest, to be fair, in that moment, because I thought he still tried to, to take the shot after getting clipped. So, um, yeah, I think it was a penalty. Uh, Saliba, you know, was was just caught out. The whole defence was really caught out in that moment. That was all West Ham were really trying to do was was hit the ball long at times and, and loft the ball in behind. And we're going to have to be careful of that, you know, especially on our left-hand side, because it is where we are most you know, risky with the players moving up the field. Tierney was playing really inverted yesterday and, and coming into midfield a lot because he's trying to learn this new role that Arteta mm. wants him to play because that's what he expects from that position now. And I think he's done a decent job of it because he's not that style of fullback, but he's really trying to learn it, that role, and, and give it his all. It's going to be great when we have Zinchenko fully fixed. I think obviously he can provide that quality in that position to a different level than Tierney can. But we are going to be exploited at times. So let's let's see if, if that happens in some of the big games, as Lev says, that are coming up. Um, I want to focus on some individual uh, happenings from the game as well. Let's let's start with kind of the biggest story, which was in Ketia Raf. You know, I think all of us at some stage, and I'd say most Arsenal fans, not all, it'd be unfair to say all, but I think most Arsenal fans have had their doubts, you know, about Eddie and Ketia. Um, I get regularly stick for, you know, saying back in the day, I remember... Do you remember the game against Blackpool in the, I think it was the League Cup when Willock and Nketiah both scored? I think we won 2-0 at Blackpool. And I remember yeah. going, this is great. And I think it was like four or five, maybe even six years ago now. Um, I'm saying, this is great seeing these 17, 18-year-old kids at the time score. I just don't see them having a long-term future at the club. Willock obviously has since moving on, moved on rather. And, and Nketiah is still here. And whilst he's got a great record in terms of the goals when he starts games, it's just there's just still that one thing that I think for me and a lot of other fans, you can't quite commit yourself to saying, you know what, he can be the number nine for Arsenal in the long-term future. What What is it, do you think, that's causing those doubts amongst a lot of the fan base in Nketiah that, for the reason why he went like that in his celebration and cupped his ear? 
I think I think with Eddie, what it is is, um, and 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 in a way, it's a testament to Arteta. I think what we're seeing is somebody before our very eyes actually improving as a footballer. But unfortunately, mm. we've also seen how terrible in certain elements of his game was before Arteta and, and even during some of the early stages of Arteta has been. So I think Ed, if you look at Eddie, you would say technically he isn't as good as maybe a Gabriel Jesus. You know, the way that he can actually bring people into play. I still think he has a greediness, which I think can cost us if we're in the wrong life. If you look at there was a couple of situations, there was one in particular yesterday where he could have played in Saka and Saka was basically would have been one-on-one and he mm. goes for the shot and he gets blocked. And I think he has to, there's an element of when to shoot and when not that he still has to refine in his game. But I think what we're seeing is a guy before our eyes actually improving, his, his, his hold-up plays improving, his link-up plays improving, how he works outside of the box is improving and his finishes is improving as well. You look at Eddie and he's always been a bit of, if you look at his, his goal reel, um, it, it, it's, it's terrible. When you just look at the goals he scored, it's just a load of <laughs> tap-ins off his knee, off his shoulder, off, off of everything, but it just goes in. And even if you look at the finish yesterday, he's starting to improve his finishing. And I think, mm. in fairness to him, and, and this is, and, and I had the same, I probably wasn't on, uh, probably as bad as Lev from what, what it sounds like, but you still have that apprehension well, that about, you know, whether it you still you still have that apprehension about whether he's going to be able to do it. But then I always had that feeling like in fairness to him last season, he got a run of games and he scored and he actually mm. played well. So it's kind of like I, I, I kind of stopped myself from being like, oh, he's not good enough. And, and thinking in fairness to him, he's never had a run of games up until last season. And when he did, he produced to a decent amount. Not Obviously, he's not, not at a top, top draw level, but a good level where you could say, he had a good output. And I think it's just, it's hard to kind of completely change your mind on a player when you've kind of made up your mind ultimately. So he's having to do a lot more than somebody who we've just bought to kind of change people's opinions. Just say, for example, he had bought in the summer and he had the output that he's had so far, we'd probably be a bit more forgiving than we are. And I just think it's that kind of unlearning the type of player he is, if that makes sense. And just looking at him like, okay, he was bad, but now he's improving as a footballer and maybe Arteta sees him day in, day out and he sees things that we don't. So, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, the one thing you can say about Arteta and, and Eddie is that Arteta has, you know, always backed the guy, you know, genuinely yeah. always said that, you know, he's so committed, he, he deserves minutes more than anyone else. And he's they've awarded him with this, with this bumper contract. Now, I do think, Pablo, to some extent, that contract has kind of hung over Eddie this season. You know, he's not been starting games. And when he has, they've been in the Europa League playing against opposition where we've rotated the team. You haven't got the main starters involved. Um, and then in yesterday's game, obviously, we played the, the starting 11 other than, well, no, it was the starting 11 besides maybe Zinchenko, you could argue. Um, he's got Martinelli, he's got Saka around him, he's got Erdegaard feeding him and he gets his goal. Um, and if he does that, you know, consistently, what what more can you really ask for, from Enketia? Well, to be honest with you, um, every, all the pressure that's on him at the moment, it's not his fault. Yeah, he didn't. Obviously, he wanted a contract, but Arsenal didn't have to agree to it. Yeah, and pay him as much money as what they're paying him now. <clears throat> um, I do believe though that Arteta must have faith in him in order for that deal to have been agreed in the first place. 
there. There's no way that Arsenal would give a contract to somebody like that that they're not going to use and just keep on the bench. Now, if you actually watch Eddie play, um, I, feel, I kind of feel sorry for him because almost every game he plays, he's under immense amount of pressure compared to, let's say, Jesus, for example. Yeah, Because the minute his name is on a team sheet, is almost straight away, people's reaction is, oh, Eddie, Eddie's playing today. Eddie's starting. Yeah. Now mm. imagine as a footballer having that in the back of your head all the time and you're constantly having to prove yourself wrong. And like Raf said earlier, I mean, he got given his chance last season and everybody doubted him. And his return, like, game to goal ratio was damn good, to be fair, at the end of the season. Um, but yet again, Jesus is injured. Well, he was very unlucky at the beginning of the season. Jesus came and he got dropped again. Um, but then as soon as Jesus gets injured, it goes back to almost like we forgot what happened last season when he did get given his chance. And the only thing this guy is asking for is a lit, it's just a chance. Yeah, just give mm. him a chance. And I actually think that he's a lot better than what we give him credit for. He's a little bit like Ben White, for example. The amount of stick Ben White gets, it just it baffles me. Yeah, because yeah, the guy is brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant, but you still got sections of the fans that more social media fans, to be fair, that are like, oh, Ben White this, Ben White that is not a footballer. He's not. Find a better right back or consistent right back at the moment that plays his role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you ain't going to find one in the Premier League. So we, we need to get off the players' backs and actually support them and just yeah. trust the system. I mean, when was the last time you actually seen a player in Arteta's team? Where did the, uh, the dollar in the trust the process jar then? Just about. <laughs> I did just about got away from it. <laughs> but um, when was the last time that you actually saw a player have a real bad run of games under Mikel Arteta? Hmm? I can't think of one. Hmm? Yeah. I mean, if they did, I don't think they're here anymore, is, is probably no, it, exactly. what you would say. Bamiang is probably the last one I would think when you know before he left that run of games or which ended with that game against Everton, you know, when he came off the bench and offered nothing, you know, like that that's probably the last player I really remember having a a really poor run. Um some might even say Lacazette as well before. Yeah, some might say Gabriel for... actually at centre back. And I think that's more agenda driven than anything else. I don't know what, yeah. why Gabriel gets the hate he does either, but for some he just doesn't quite do it enough. Willian uh, is another good shout as well in the chat box. Um again, not here anymore. Bamier, not here anymore. Um, you know, and, and we're looking to try and strengthen all the time. But yeah, really good points, well raised. Um and, and lastly, I'm gonna go on to some more individuals in a second, but Lev and Ketia, you know, I know. Well, I was getting away with it. <laughs> no, not, not quite. Uh, both myself and you, you know, and, and others, but on, on the lounge and we've had our chats, you know, we yeah. have been concerned about Nketiah. Yeah. And so I kind of put the question to you again, like he scores in this game. I think, you know, one of the reactions is, is it's just one game and it is against, uh, you know, a side like West Ham who are going to give you plenty of opportunities and chances and there's going to be tougher challenges to come. But what, what has to happen, do you think, for us to go, you know what, signing that new deal was the right decision to, for Enketia? How do we get to that point? Well, I think the point's been handed to him. Jesus' injury has given him that opportunity. We're now saying, okay, then, Go on, you wanted your chance. We have to rely on you. You've been given that hundred grand a week contract, whether we agree with it or not. Justify it. Now I know it's not his fault. The pressure, you know, pressure is on him. But at the same time, when you are a centre forward for a top club like Arsenal, pressure is something that you need. To, you've got to expect. Mm. It's it's got to fall on your shoulders, right? Um, I think 
where Pablo hit the nail on the head a little bit and Raf is the, the the areas I think there was a problem with Eddie is he's always been a poacher. He's a poacher. That's what he is. But it was his all-round game off the ball. Now, I mean, if you want to look at it properly, Jesus hasn't even been scoring for us recently. But it's his work that he does off the ball that brings in everybody else. I think what Arteta has done that's kind of helped Eddie a little bit is he's turned us from a, I don't know, if you want to look at it from a boxing analysis, he's turned us from a Deontay Wilder one-punch knockout merchant, someone like uh, waiting for a Bamiyang to produce something, to a team now that hits you with combinations from all mm. sides. I mean, if you looked at some of the football yesterday, it was beautiful. There was one that Martinelli sort of, it didn't shoot, it didn't cross, I don't know what he did with it. But the lead up to that play, I think Odegaard, some sort of 360 turn. Um, it was it was in, insane. There was some insane football yeah. combos in there. And I, Paqueta, yeah, which is yeah. just kind of the most poetic thing considering how we were linked to Paqueta so yeah. heavily. Yeah. Listen, the, the combinations now is making it very difficult for teams to stop us, which will make life a bit easier for Eddie. And all he needs to do is improve his all-round game off the ball, right? Or or with the ball, should I say. Um, I think yesterday he, he has improved. He's showing signs. He's physical, a lot more physical. I think he's learned a lot from having Jesus there. The turn mm. that he did yesterday was very Jesus-like, backing into a player, using that player to turn off him and to, to, to make some space and shoot. So, he is improving. I hope he proves me wrong. Am I still thinking he's the right man for the job? Um, I don't know. I, I'd still got, want to get a striker. For example, what if Eddie gets injured? Right? We're yeah. still we're still short, right? So it's going to be interesting. But listen, there's nothing more than I want than that lad to prove me wrong. And, and mm. you know, long may it continue. I hope he does. Yeah, you know, I think that that is something that, that I think some that struggle with... Arsenal players receiving criticism that is due in some case. Nothing in Ketia has been due criticism in some areas of his game. Maybe he has been treated too harshly, especially the way he ended last season. Hmm. But in the at the end, you know, the genuine fans amongst us, which, which I honestly believe you to be, Lev, you'll be surprised to hear, do want to, do want to be proven wrong when we have our hmm. criticisms. We do want those criticisms to turn in, you know, to see the players improve upon those so that those criticisms don't exist anymore um and that that's what's key and that's i mean what Tom, very quickly important. sorry to interrupt hmm. prime example i will say 95 percent of the people in this chat and who are watching all felt the same about xhaka two seasons ago right Most, look yeah. at them now right there's not an issue to question whether you think a player is right or, or is good enough it's how you question it if you're abusive and you're you're nasty then it's wrong but you, we all have a right to question it and we all also have a right to change our minds and that, and that's that's what you do as fans indeed um Leading nicely on to Craig's super chat. Congrats, TC. If anyone deserves it, it's you, my friend. Keep up the good work and don't listen to Lev. I can barely tolerate the Arsenal Lounge jokes. I love it, guys. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> Much appreciate that. <laughs> Look at the expression on his face. Uh, Aya says, honestly, don't understand why people feel sorry for players with pressure. That's the single thing that makes them great. Jesus had pressure at City and when he came to Arsenal, um, we need resilient players. I, I don't necessarily agree and I do agree with a lot of what you said earlier, Pablo, about, you know, Nketi has added pressure, the, the idea that when he plays, there is something different from a mental standpoint on him, you know, compared to, to other players. And I think that's a fair thing to point out and certainly when he performs well, to highlight that he has overcome that added pressure. I'll let you re yeah. respond to that quickly. Yeah, I mean, there's different types of pressure as well, Tom. Um, I mean, let, 
let's get away from the strikers for a bit and go to the centre backs. Yeah, mm. Saliba has the pressure of being a young player coming through to Arsenal. Had all the issues before. That guy can't do wrong in the Arsenal's eyes, the Arsenal fans' <laughs> eyes. Yeah, but yeah. Gabriel, right, has a different type of pressure, where for some odd reason he's sort of being used as an escape goat, and every little mistake he makes scrutinised in a completely different manner to Saliba. Mm. Like, should it have been Gabriel that made that penalty yeah. yesterday? Oh, Twitter would have gone absolutely yeah. insane today. Absolutely. Yeah, but because it's Saliba, is ah, he's young, it's Saliba, doesn't matter. And that this is what I mean by pressure. Every player should have pressure in that football team <laughs> because you're playing for uh, what I think is the best team in England, probably the mm. world, yeah, from my own personal <laughs> biased opinion. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it, it, there's a difference between pressures, yeah. That's what I think. No, I think I think it's fair. I, I do disagree with Aya's point. I think that pressure is something that changes between players. I think some players do play with more pressure than others from a social standpoint because of the perception of them, uh, especially in the world of 2022 with social media and all of the added stuff that goes alongside it. I think we've become much more aware of the, the additional factors involved as well. So I think that different players are under different amounts of pressures. And yes, they have to deal with it and, and they should be congratulated. But I do have a level of sympathy for some players over another when they're chastised for a mistake that perhaps another player isn't chastised in the same way when they make the same error. Um, let's go on to some more of the individual stuff. By the way, we are going to tackle some of your questions, guys, in the chat box in the last 15 minutes of the show. Don't worry, we're going to get there. Um, but I want to tackle some individual things before uh, we move on. Uh, the first one, Raf, is is Martin Odegaard. We touched him earlier on. For me, Erdegaard just completely encapsulates what Arteta wants from his attack. Like directness, silky pieces of play, vision for passes that no one else sees, consistently and demanding more of his teammates from his own performances. Just describe to me your kind of how you see and feel about Martin Erdegaard in the Arsenal team right now. Um, just quickly, can you can you see and hear me okay? Yeah, I can see you fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, you froze on my screen, so I don't know what's going on. But um Okay, no, we yeah, can hear I'll... you fine, man. All right, cool. So um in terms of Erdegaard, I would say, yeah, he was he was unreal yesterday. I think I think in terms of uh what what I think obviously Erdegaard was similar as well in terms of when we talk about and and I think just on uh, Pablo's point, I think there's a slight difference in I think pressure's probably the wrong word. I think we some, there's a difference between putting pressure on players to perform and immediately having an opinion on a player and whenever they do something, almost trying to like reinforce the opinion that you have of them already. And mm. I think that's kind of what we fall into the habit of doing. And I think Erdegaard was similar. I think he's had to battle a lot of, you know, the, the Madison comparisons when we were initially linked to Madison when we were going to buy Erdegaard and then we ended up with Erdegaard. And, and I don't, I say it ended up in the sense of, and that's not a negative thing. I think I think because Erdegaard had the injury when he first uh when he started well and then he had the injury and then kind of didn't end the season, I would say, when he was on loan, maybe the way he started, I think there was a little bit of a he's not the the shiny new toy anymore and we, we don't we want someone else that's newer and a bit more kind of exciting. And then when we got him, I think he had a lot of pressure to overcome that stigma of almost being like whether he's good enough or not you know, Real Madrid reject type type stigma. And I think what he's done is not only kind of shedded that, but I think he's elevated his game to another level. And I think, you know, the the, the, the cliche things like he's the eyes and ears for Arteta, he's, you know, he's the kind of tactical leader and that's how he leads as a captain kind of 
as the eyes and ears of of Arteta and almost like the heartbeat of the team. But I think some of the touches, some of the the kind of nuances of the of the way he plays and the passes, you know, there was one that he nearly played into Xhaka that was just like mm. unreal. Um, some of the passes into you know and he uh, into Saka and his um, I would say his relationship with Saka and Ben White on the right in general and how that kind of ties into how we played uh, for the rest of the team is just so good. And I just mm. think he's showing on a consistent basis now that he is on par with some of the the top, top, like, attacking and creative players in the league. And I think what, I think he's added goals now as well and assists. I think he's already got six goals and I think that's maybe four or five assists. So he's getting the the input, uh, the output now as well. And I just think that if he carries on the way he's going, I think we're going to have to start having kind of different conversations when we talk about Erdegaard, like, with the very, very, very best players. Because I think yesterday he was just unreal. And I think if he, you know, I think um, Lev kind of brought up something as well, which was um, which was interesting um, with the boxer analogy. I think what we're showing is that although everyone's kind of pinned our success on, you know, ja- uh, Gabriel Jesus basically transforming our team, I think what it shows is that we're a lot more of a cohesive team and there's a lot mm. of added elements which, which ultimately kind of means that we're in the situation that we're in. Like taking Erdegaard out of this team would be a big impact too. But then it just shows that we would have a Saka and have a Martinelli. And I think as long as Erdegaard can stay fit and the spine of our team in general can stay fit, I think we're still in a really good position. Obviously, we do wouldn't need to have, um, add more, ideally. But I think Erdegaard kind of is a great example of our team as a whole being exceptional. So, yeah, he was really good yesterday. He was fantastic. Yeah, really genuinely fantastic. Um, and I agree with you, Lev. I wish I wish we were talking to Shaheen today, you know, about it because uh, it's, I don't know what it is. I, and Shaheen, you know, for those that don't know, is, is the other half of the Arsenal Andrew. You should definitely be subscribed to if you're not already. Um, is There are people out there with doubts about Odegaard and what he brings. And the argument is often that he goes missing in big games. And I mean, we've got four really big games coming up away to Brighton against Newcastle, against Spurs, against United. If Erdegaard can perform in those four games, I think hopefully it should put to bed <clears throat> that side of the argument. So fingers crossed we can see him turn up in all of those games and, and put in the display that he did yesterday. Um, Pablo, in the last stage of the game, we brought on Fabio Vieira uh, for Martinelli. We didn't bring on Marquinhos and we obviously had the youth option of Mario Koja Dubri on the bench. It was a very weak bench in an offensive standpoint. And had we, say, have been 1-0 down going into like the last 10 to 15 minutes of the game, we didn't have much to change it. Now, we know that Smith-Rowe is on his way back and this Mudrick stuff that's going on at the moment hopefully is a signal that we're also looking to strengthen. But are you concerned that even with maybe those two coming back into the squad that we still might find ourselves short, especially if we have maybe further injuries later down the line? Yeah, it's, it is a bit worrying when you're looking at your bench and you're sort of going, right, if we're up against it, who's going to come in and literally change the game for us? Um, hopefully, Mudric is that type of player. I'll be honest, I haven't seen much of him, mm. apart from little clips here and there, but you can't always judge a player like that. Um, I think the reason why we're in this situation as well, though, Tom, is because, like Arteta said, we're ahead of, ahead of the plan. Yeah? Mm. We, we, we're not supposed to be... According to the plan, I think, that they had originally... We, we weren't supposed to be fighting for a league title yet. 
I mm. think it was going to be Champions League and then afterwards build the squad in order to be able to be competitive for a league title. Um, I'm hoping that because we are in advance now, the board are going to back Arteta and be like, mm. this is possibly one of our greatest opportunity to fight for a title because Liverpool are dropped off, United are in limbo, um, Chelsea are non-existent, <laughs> Tottenham are just Tottenham. <laughs> uh, so yeah. at the end of the day, is this is a perfect opportunity for us to do something. We're ahead of plan, but I think now they're going to have to speed up their process in terms of the background stuff, like the board, and back Arteta sooner than what they were, I think, planning to. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like I think Vieira's come in as more almost like as a competitiveness for Odegaard. Yeah, right. And we needed that player. Like yeah. we needed someone to be a competitor for Odegaard because if Odegaard went missing, you know, there really was we didn't really have another creator, you know, like we do mm. in Vieira. No, and then you got obviously like Smith Rowe coming back, then mm. that puts a bit of pressure on Saka being able to perform. Modric comes in, puts pressure on Martinelli. You know, so it's starting to build. But I think our progression has come quicker than what he probably imagined, to be fair. And that's being dead honest. I think we're way yeah. ahead where we should be. Mm. I mean, and if we'd have qualified for the Champions League last season, you know, that again would have been another, I think, ahead of where they thought we would be mm. this season. Uh, and in the end, it looked like, in the end, it felt like a disappointment because we had it in our hands for so much. But maybe things happen for a reason and we are where we are because of that happening in the end. Um, but I agree with you. I want to see us f- accelerate the plans that we have. If they believe that the, we're ahead of schedule, make this the schedule. Don't make this, oh, you know, we're not quite there yet still. And we, we've we got a great opportunity. Let's not lose it. Lev, I want to ask you about this, this Mudrick situation as well. You know, 40 million plus 20 million euro bid has been placed. It's not expected mm. to be accepted. It's a mm. lot of money for a player that has really... I mean, from my perspective, it, he's really kind of burst on the scene since June um, last uh, this year. I, say, I keep saying last year, thinking it's 23. But June of, of this year, when he the game when he came on for Ukraine and to make his international debut, you know, he only made that for Ukraine in June of this year when he came on against Scotland and had a brilliant um, 23 minutes uh, to really... And that game in particular, I talked about this morning, is kind of a a little bit of a microcosm of what I think he would do for us in terms of be coming on in the last 20, 30 minutes of games to kill off teams, you know, and really like kind of cement the three points for us when we're one goal or two goals up just to try and cement those things. But how important mm. is it also, like we just discussed there with Pablo, that we attack this market with the opportunity to try and strengthen knowing that we've got a great chance of maybe doing something special? It's extremely important. Uh, I think... What happened last season, that hesitancy in January, cost us top four. Um, and I think knowing that, it might be a bit of a, um, a silver lining, really, because we might look at what happened last season and then look at this season and go, it doesn't matter whether we're ahead of plan, we need to go for it. Um, I, I'm I'm convinced that they are convinced on Mudrik as a player. I mean, if you want to look at it, the, the levels of player that we're bringing in now, has improved in comparison to what we had before and what Arteta had to shift out, which is part of the reason we're a little bit weak right now. He's had a lot of work to do in the background to shift a lot of dross um, to up the levels in the way he wants to play. And that means the better players have to come in to play the way he wants to play. They've obviously looked at Mudrik. There's there's the likes of Gakpo and one or two others available. And we haven't even looked at those. We've just gone straight for Mudrik. And from what I see, he's, he's a premiership style player. He's strong. He's fast. Um, he's direct, um, you know, he's got physicality 
Um, he's almost like a winger version of Haaland physically when you look at him. He's like mm. six foot plus. So, I mean, I think he'll make a massive difference if we have him. It also gives you the opportunity at the moment, if Eddie's not working, maybe to shift someone like Martinelli into the centre and put Mudrick out wide, you know? so Do you think he's six foot plus? Do you know, do you know how tall he actually is? How, how tall is he? 5'9". <laughs> Shut up! Yeah, really? he's five. But, but oh, the reason when you're why short I, like me, everyone's tall. No, no, so but the, go, reason why I, the reason why I bring it up is not only, obviously, because he wanted to just sit there looking silly calling him six foot. No, but no, like, but he does look a lot bigger he than He looks nine. bigger. He looks my bigger line? than that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he absolutely looks Either bigger. Either that or than... everyone in Ukraine is short. Because like, <laughs> well, Zinchenko is tiny. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, they, he, looks, they... he looks big anyway. But look, he looks like the mm. type of player that we need. Um, I think he he's got to like he's got to come in, um, and I think maybe we need one other as well. But it's immensely important we attack this window. Yeah, no, it absolutely is, and we need to make sure that we, that we do because if we don't, there is going to be questions, you know, especially from plenty of fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The end of that window. Um, we're going to jump into questions for the last 15 minutes of the show. Uh, I'm going to try and get through as many as I can. So maybe if we can try and condense our answers a little bit to uh, so we can get some more questions in. Uh, Raf, we'll start with PJT. He says, does criticism slash player apathy like towards White and Ketia Odegaard sometimes come from a forced place, needing to take away from performances? Some fans cannot believe Arsenal looks so good right now. I think I think there is, um, and I think Lev, Lev mentioned it as well. There is a bit of a PTSD from hmm. you know when we've been you know negative performances, negative play, uh, situations as Arsenal fans, and I think there is a need to almost pick out where we need to improve because everyone wants to ultimately improve and wants Arsenal to be good. I also think there's for a long time there's been a bit of a you have to pick a side with Arsenal a little bit, and I think right now. I mean, you're having to really look for negatives when when everything's so positive at the moment. If you want to kind of have that whole pick aside, and I think unfortunately it comes now with players that maybe some players like more than others, or some fans like a player more than others, and I think that's it ultimately. But I just think as fans, we just need to be a bit more. We can be critical in 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 areas when when it needs to be, or we can you know we can question. I think overall, we just need to support Arsenal as a fan base a bit more and be mm. a little bit more kind of together with the players because they've shown and they've continued to say, I think Saka said it yesterday as well, the support that we give as fans has really impacted them positively. Mm. So I think that that's something that we can look at some of these players and they are listening, especially in this era of social media, they're listening. So we just try, we need to try and be a bit more supportive in my opinion. And I think that that will help. 
Mm, absolutely. Oh, we, the evidence is there from what we saw yesterday when we were on nil down. Um, Gary Griffin says, Pablo, how many points do you think it will take to win the league this season? My thinking is it will be less than previous years. Just to give you a little bit of context, um, of course, this season we sit on 40 points after 15 games. So at the moment we're on track to potentially get something. Well, I mean, if we, we match those 15 games again, you'll be on 80 points with eight games left to play. Um, last season, City won the league with 93, losing just three games. Now, City have already lost two this season compared to last season. So if they lose one more game, they're on the same track as they were last year. But they drew six games last season compared to this season where they've already drawn two as well. So it's it's difficult to kind of get it. But you compare that to 2021, City won the league with 86 points. They lost six games that season, drew five. Um, um, but the nearest team to them was Man United on 74. Uh, it was a very low scoring point season in 2020-21, perhaps because of the, the COVID situation damaging the you know, the competitiveness of some of the bigger teams in the league without their home support. But what do you think kind of is a, a target to aim for to, to potentially be title challengers come the end of the season? Uh, for me, is higher end of 80s. I mean, we got off to the best start, I think, in our history, apparently. We've never started yeah. so well after 15 games. Um, and although we're doing really, really well, if City wins against Leeds, they're not far behind us. Um, I think City's going to be the team that's going to push us to needing more points. Yeah, Everybody else around us are kind of just dropping off. I don't think they'll reach really high points to come the end of the season. I think top four... Uh, fight again won't be very high points um but the top two which is us and city i think we're going to be battling out right till the end and city ain't going to stop so i'm thinking above 80s mm, i agree uh with you on that high 80s i think is what it will be um let's go to temi who says lev what are your thoughts on arsene wenger finally coming back to watch us play four years plus it took him to come back I was actually surprised when I heard that. Um, do you know what? I actually think it's a good thing because look, we had our we had our sort of time with Wenger, and then obviously we a lot of us felt that he'd overstayed his welcome. When when you look at the Invincibles t- the show um, that he was in and whatever, you start to understand what was going on in the background and financial constraints that he had. And when you look at it that way, you start to appreciate what he actually achieved with those financial constraints, especially when you look at some of those old teams that he was getting into the Champions League. You look at it and you, you wonder how he did that. So I think he deserves a lot, a huge amount of credit for, for where we are now as a club. And I also think that Arteta has played a part in bringing Wenger back into the fold. I think he feels like he would benefit from him. I think some having him within the club maybe at higher levels to oversee us, you know, in some way would be beneficial. His experience shouldn't go to waste. And and I, and I just think it's nice that we've sort of, in a way, welcomed him back into the fold. Yeah, me too. Uh, Raf, uh, Umar Raif says, uh, do you think the Mudrik situation will be similar to the Vlaovic situation of last January? Hopefully it will not drag on until the end of the window. Shakhtar seem very stubborn on their end with their valuation of the player. But I think for a start, um, Mudrik seems like he wants to come. And Vlaovic mm. seems <laughs> yeah, like he didn't, didn't want but... anything to do with us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that for a start means it will be different. I think the fact that we've actually gone in straight away with a bid, so it seems, and they look like they're open to negotiating will help as well. Um, I, I guess the only thing with Mudrik, and I know you guys touched on it a bit, is just 
I know you want to come, but maybe tone it down a little bit just because I don't know. <laughs> Posting actually... that he's watching the game on his yeah. Insta story yeah. is yeah. brilliant. I love, yeah. I love it. Like, it's so it's so hilariously unprofessional. Yeah, yeah I kind of love it. And I and I do I do like it, but it, I get and um I think Drew mentioned it. It does make mm. you think a little bit if he ever wanted to leave. Is this how he would? Kind of want to like react, yeah. but I guess Drew, Drew's got a Bamiyang PTSD. To be fair, yeah, yeah. You know, from, the, from the door, the way he left Dortmund, he always said it would come back to bite us, and it yeah. did. To be fair, yeah. so you know. <laughs> but I think I think that this one, it looks like there's a willingness from all sides to at least get a deal done. I think the main stumbling block is just going to be how much ultimately, and I think we'll mm. probably meet somewhere in the middle between what we've bidded and what they want, and that will probably get the deal done. I think the thing that hasn't been spoken about enough in this whole Madrid thing is the presence of Zinchenko at Arsenal, yeah. and I genuinely believe that he is having a massive effect on. It. He's the, he's you know he's captained his country on mm. numerous occasions. He's a massive, massive figure in that Ukrainian side. He's an idol to so many young Ukrainian players, despite himself being just 25, you know, and he's been such a key factor for that side. And I think that for Mudrik, having that connection, having someone that will help him kind of integrate, I think is is also yeah. really big. Zinchenko's well. wife interviewed him, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, she did, rather. Yes, yeah. she did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, go on, and even that. And even to add to that as well, even just to integrate into life in London, like I think I think people really underestimate how difficult it would probably be for someone to just move to a country probably doesn't speak English mm. and to like integrate into a new club. So having someone like Zinchenko there who is an experienced footballer anyway and just understands the Premier League, understands London, where to go, where to eat, all of those things can play like a really, really big part in a player integrating into the team. And I think and I think mm -hmm. another point is on that, sorry to, to drag on a bit, no, but don't you see how good it feels to even have players that actually are expressing that they want to come? I think Rafael Leal said the other day, Arsenal yeah. looked like a good side. And there's loads of players now all of a sudden, like it, it, it's gone from, oh yeah, like I used to support Arsenal when I was younger to kind of like, they play good and I want to go there almost. So mm -hmm. I think it's, it's just testament to the team and to Arteta as well in that alone that players want to come to us so badly. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair point. Um, speaking of players that want to come to Arsenal, Pablo Yomi says, Tom, do you think that Tillemans is what we need? He was awful yesterday for Leicester, always sideways passing. And Balaji said, do you think that we'll reinforce the midfield in the January window? We'll leave it to the end of the season. Uh, I hope we do. I'll be honest with you. I hope we reinforce the midfield. Um, obviously, El Nene is El Nene. is what it is. You know what you're going to get with him. I mean, yesterday, he had a 100% record of not making a mistake, which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't touch the ball. <laughs> yeah. I think it's better that way. No, I'm joking. But, the, um, no, but, you know, I mean, you look at our options, Lukonga, El Nene, and there's a massive drop in class between Partey, Saka, Lukonga or any. It's just huge. Yeah. Mm. Um, so to me, I think that's a place that we need to reinforce. But I don't I'm not sure if Tillisman is the right person, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not sure there's better position. players out there. Not no. for six. No. 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 He's the the guy that would rotate with Xhaka, which to be fair, we don't really have anyone besides Lukonga who doesn't convince me, and mm. Vieira, who's not really tried and tested there. Yeah, so that's what I mean. So I think midfield is one of the key areas that we do need to strengthen. Whether we, I hope we do, but for me, that's definitely going to happen. 
That's my mate, James Bond. That's actually his name, by the way. You're watching all the Arsenal content at the moment. Um, yes. Tom, that's actually his name, by the way. That's one of my friends there. No James way. Bond. James yeah, Bond. Yeah, he plays, plays football with us. Nice. <laughs> he, he wears seven, don't he? Lot. Yeah. 07, <laughs> 007. <laughs> Has he scored 007 goals for you in, in uh, five a side? I'm assuming that's what he does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Zaffa says, uh, Lev, do you think Eddie will start against both these teams? I mean, I'm going to, I'll ask you another one on top of this. I think this is probably yes. a fairly short answer. There you go. Yes. Uh, so there you go. Um, there was a question that I wanted to ask about the types of players that we thought, here is this it? Uh, P Trim says, who is out there that can improve us that fits our profile? Arteta is no longer buying players for backup. Mm. He triangulates, great word. Uh, and if he can't find the right fit, it's a no. Ability, character, etc. Mm. Uh, this is what we were discussing a little bit earlier, wasn't it? The mm. level of player has gone up uh, tech, uh, in technical ability because of the way he wants to, and also the pressing. You have to be able to press. You have to be able to play in really tight um, spaces, um, which you're starting to see now with the combination plays. Um, so, yeah, it has gone up. It's difficult to find who we can improve, but I agree uh, with Pablo. We've been saying this all season, that if something happens to Thomas Partey, we could be in a bit of trouble, you know, and we were saying Jesus as well. The Jesus one has, uh, has happened. Fingers crossed the Thomas Party one doesn't. I, for one, I, I still believe in Lukonga, but I also don't think he's a six either. I think he plays next to someone like Thomas Partey, mm. and I think you'll see better from him. But yeah, who who does improve us? I mean, you know, Amrabat's a good shout, maybe for the DM role as, as cover. Um, Danilo was another we looked at. Mm. Um, it's going to be tough, especially in January. People don't want to let their best players go, do they? So it is going to be tough to find players that... You know, I'd rather we don't buy um, and and don't get stuck with dross like we had previous seasons and only look for top, top players. So, yeah, it's an agreement there. Yeah, I mean, the Jao Felix one is a really interesting link we're seeing at the moment. You know, for a loan for, to the end of the season, I think is is just a no-brainer if we can get that done. You know, we talked a bit, a bit about it on this morning's show. You've got Balogun coming back at the end of the season. You're mm. investing, say, in Felix until then. Then Balogun comes back and you've got a decision that you can make in that area. So... Uh, it's different. <laughs> Pablo, Tom. have you made a big mistake with somebody in the chat box? <laughs> Looks like so. No, I actually got a friend that watches this, and his name is James Bond, so I kind of thought it was him, but apparently some guy up <laughs> He's not even the same guy. <laughs> this, you know I mean? and, and he's definitely not Jamaican, my mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. It's apparently a very common name around the world, is James Bond. Goodness me. Or it's a parody. You know, it could be. Well, I think that's more likely. Probably go. more likely. Uh, I'm sorry if your name, James, is actually James Bond from Jamaica, um, but it's <laughs> clearly more common than we thought. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening in to today's show. It's been a genuine pleasure to, to join you and answer your questions as much as we could. Uh, do drop a like on the video and subscribe if you're new. A massive thank you to my guest. Lev, thank you for joining me. Absolute pleasure to catch up once again. Oh, Tell people Pleasure to be you. here. Uh, you can find us on the Arsenal Lounge on Monday nights and, and midweeks as well. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Uh, we've got some interesting shows coming up. Um, also, I'm thinking of writing a script for a Jamaican James Bond. I think that would be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant stuff. Uh, Pablo, thank you so much for coming on the show. Much appreciated. It's great to see you again. Tell people where they can find you. Oh, thanks for having us. It's been really enjoyable having a chat and stuff. Um, and especially at such a good time to be an Arsenal fan as well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Pablo Mira 11. Um, 
yeah, that's the only place really you can find me, to be fair. So thanks for having you can us. Find him in the Discord server as well. Oh yeah, so, Discord, yeah, yeah. So how long have you been a part of I've, I've trained the guy so well. <laughs> <laughs> He's so modest, isn't he? He's the only place <laughs> He is indeed. Um, but yes, you can find Pablo in the Discord server with the rest of our members who will be helping us with our, our next preview show coming in a couple of days' time ahead of the Brighton game. Uh, and finally, Raf, pleasure to catch up with you again, my friend. It's been a while, too long. Uh, tell people Always. they can find you. Um, yeah, you can catch me on at Messy Music on, on all socials. And again, obviously, I know Lev touched on it earlier. Real, real big congratulations to you, Tom. Obviously, I've seen the seen the rise <laughs> in a way for for a long time obviously we've been friends for a while and i just think it's just well deserved and 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 the work that you've put in and the quality that you've put in as well i think it's just a testament to what you're doing and just keep just keep shining keep thanks, keep man. elevating and we're all we're all we've all got your back in that sense. Oh, thanks so, yeah, man well i appreciate done. that the check's in the post for both you and Liv. <laughs> i didn't say that i didn't say anything about having your back tom uh, just speaking of checks being in the post, thank you, Luke, for the uh, the super chat. Big up for everyone. Thanks for oh, a great discussion. segue as well. Uh, there you go. Uh, it's it's a skill. You never lose it. Um, he does this every show. He pays someone to do this every show. And it, it's, ironically, it's never me, Tom, is it? Because you know I wouldn't do it. There you go. Well, but my check bounced. That's why I haven't said anything. Yeah, that's <laughs> I can see why he's so grumpy down there. It's like it's going on the Arsenal merch. I can't afford anything, so I'm just buying too much of their stuff. Um, anyway, thank you everybody uh, in the chat box. Very kind comments as well. Please do uh, leave some kind words to the guys. They've been fantastic. Leave your comments as well down below for anything that we've discussed in today's show that you have a thought about. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Ketia, of course, kind of the dynamic of the fan base at the moment and the potential signing of Mikhailo Mudrik and your thoughts on what we might do this January transfer window. Do drop a like on the video. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 8am as always, bringing you the latest Arsenal transfer news and more shows coming up in the lead up to that game against Brighton as well, of which, fingers crossed, I'll hopefully be driving down. I say fingers crossed, it's going to be a pretty lonely New Year's Eve drive home from the Amex Stadium, but a very quiet driving experience, I'm sure, with everybody alone at home. Not alone, but at home celebrating. I'm the one that's going to be alone driving home, not celebrating New Year's Eve, but fingers crossed. Uh, why are you pulling that face, Lev? It just sounds like a really terrible Chris Rea Christmas song. <laughs> not that's driving. my favourite Christmas song. Driving home alone. I'm not sure if I am driving home alone, but uh, anyway. It's <laughs> Maybe I'll be giving people lifts come the end of the night we don't all know. Right, anyone at the amex if you see tom is giving you a lift home all right save your petrol there you go lovely stuff thank you guys uh we will see you again very soon and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.